Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God for our study this morning is our second lesson, Romans 1, verses 1 to 7, that's printed in your bulletins and already read. Dear fellow saints, loved by God. Oh, that's good news. Is something you might say when a friend tells you that her mother-in-law just got a clean bill of health after a trip to the emergency room. You might also hear on the evening news that the Dow and the S&P were each up 10% on the week and say, oh, that's good, without really understanding how that actually affects your personal finances. A lot of what we call good news doesn't really affect us much. Maybe it's something that has happened to or for someone else and touches your life only in the most tangential way, if at all. Or maybe it's something that is good for everybody or for a large group that you're a part of and and you have trouble seeing how it really makes any kind of difference in your own situation. But if, say, scientists find a cure for disease that you have, or a dear friend that you haven't seen for years tell you, tells you she's coming to visit next month, or your end-of-the-year bonus is way more than you were expecting, or your boss gives you some extra time off work. Well, all of those things, that, that's good news that makes a real difference for you. And of course, we all want more of that kind of news. But sometimes we end up seeing the specific and personal kind as the more general kind, and and we lose out on a lot of joy and more. You see, Christians do this with the gospel all year round, but I think especially at Advent and Christmas. Familiarity and fatigue with the story and with, with everything that goes with the observance for us. These put some distance between us and the message about Jesus. There might even be some, some insensitivity, indifference, or, or even unbelief mixed in. But whatever the reason, we recognize that the gospel is good news in a kind of intellectual or detached unemotional way. It's good news for other people who don't know Jesus yet, or or good news for the entire world, but it doesn't really touch us in any particularly personal way, at least not anymore. So our reading today from Romans is a very timely and helpful reminder for each of us that the gospel of Jesus Christ, which we hear at Christmas, but also throughout the year, is not just good news for the lost who've never heard of him before, and not just something for your pastor and for Christians who take Christianity seriously. No, the gospel. The gospel belongs to you. The gospel changes you. The gospel makes a difference in all of your life. This is your good news. We might see this best in contrast to the bad news 
that naturally surrounds and even defines us as sinners in a sinful world. We'll start with something that, that we would probably categorize as, as not that important overall, but that, that makes more of a difference to our life of faith than many believers realize. A lack of excitement. Some might even say that they find Christianity kind of dull or boring, especially if they have been Christians all their lives, and it's all old hat. When you really understand and appreciate what God has done for us in Christ and what is offered to us in the gospel that we trust, well, then, then every moment, every moment in which we contemplate these things or, or are even reminded of them is going to be a moment when our hearts beat a little faster, our eyes light up, and our voices rise. We see this on display in the opening of Paul's letter to the church at Rome. You see, in the Greek world back then, there was a standard and simple format for a letter in those ancient times. First, you identified yourself as the one writing the letter. Then you said who it was addressed to, and then you gave a short and simple greeting before getting into the meat of your letter. But Paul, Paul cannot even get through the from portion of addressing the letter without going off on an inspired and excited tangent about Jesus and the gospel. Even the the grammar and construction of these seven verses shows this breathless, breathless joy. Listen, please, as I read again, this time trying to reflect that in the original Greek, this is all one sentence. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised in advance through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, which is about his son, who in the flesh was born a descendant of David, who who in the spirit of holiness was declared to be God's powerful son by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we received grace and the call to be an apostle on behalf of his name, to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles, including you, who were called by Jesus Christ, To all you who are in Rome, loved by God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That gives us some appreciation for the fact that Paul sees everything about the Christian faith to be cause for wonder, joy, and excitement, even in the fairly mundane task of addressing a letter. And let's remember that the word Gospel, which he keeps using, simply means good news. Still, we should spell out what is best about it. Without Jesus and his work for us, every one of us would be lost in our sins and destined for hell. Eternal punishment for our rebellion against God and his will is what each of us deserves, and we have no way of changing that. We can't do anything good to cancel out our guilt or to convince God to ignore our faults and failures, no matter how hard we try. So when we hear in the Word of God and from the mouths of His messengers that the Son of God came to earth and took on human flesh, and that Jesus took our place in both obeying the law perfectly and 
in suffering its just consequences by dying on the cross, well, then that is the greatest good news that there can be. Christ is our Savior from sin and our Deliverer from evil. He did everything that we could not and He suffered everything that we deserved so that we would not have to. And it is all yours for the low, easy payment of nothing. God gives it to you freely, without cost to you, even though it cost Him everything. This is grace. This is the gospel. This is salvation. This is wonderful. And this is your good news. And if we have been saved from our sins by Christ's suffering and death, well, then that means that we are no longer in bondage to sin or, or to Satan, sin's chief sponsor. In fact, at the cross, Jesus did not only take away our guilt, He also gave us His own perfect righteousness to be our own. Which means that now we qualify to enter God's heaven and live there with Him in bliss forever. And it also means that even now, today, you and I are holy people. To emphasize that change that the Holy Spirit has worked in us through faith in Jesus, Paul addresses the Romans and by extension addresses us, you, with a word that is a wonder to hear describing us. Saints. Saints, that is who you are. You are not slaves to sin, but saints of God. That's good news. And death, what about death? Well, we all still die physically because our flesh is still corrupted by sin. But when Jesus was declared to be God's powerful Son by His resurrection from the dead, well, His resurrection became our resurrection. His victory over the grave became our victory over the grave. All who put their trust in Jesus have the same powerful assurance that just as He now lives, so we will also live after we die. In paradise the blessed where there will be no more sorrow, grief, or pain. All right, so maybe maybe you don't have any trouble appreciating those deep spiritual truths about the gospel, but still struggle to feel the good in the good news. Do you feel lost or lonely? Do you want to belong to something bigger, better, more important than yourself? Well, Paul reminds us here, you have your own personal call from Christ. You have God as your Father. Which means that all His family is your family. With brothers and sisters in abundance everywhere and right here by your side. Just as the believers Paul wrote to had a close and loving fellowship with each other there in Rome, so you have a family right here at Christ Lutheran. This is your home. This is where you belong. 
This is where important things happen and are done. And you were given this in and through the gospel of Christ, your good news. Or perhaps the bad news of your life goes even deeper. You long to be loved. Paul addresses that head on, telling you that you are loved by God. And there can be no greater or better love than that. And before anyone objects that God can't give a hug or hold your hand, remember that He does much better than that. He is with us all the time, dwelling in our hearts through faith, speaking to us in His Word, listening to us in prayer, touching us deeply, lovingly, sensitively, tenderly in baptism and the Lord's Supper. You are indeed loved by God. And that's more than enough, which is your good news. Or are you maybe frustrated by the uncertainties and the arbitrariness of life in this sin-sick world we live in? Do you find yourself thinking that nothing's ever sure and no one can ever be counted on? The Apostle gives us the news again that God keeps His promises and fulfills His prophecies. He did this in bringing our Messiah into the world to be our Savior, the Son of David in the flesh, just as the Old Testament prophets had said. The Lord can be relied on to do not just the improbable, but even what to us is impossible. When He makes a promise, no matter how big or small, no matter how expected or unexpected, no matter how seemingly unimportant or important it may be, when He makes a promise, He keeps it. That's your good news too. In the Gospel, we even have an answer for any believer who feels a lack of direction or purpose. Here we are reminded again that we are not just folks who happen to be in the same place at the same time doing the same thing. No. We have been called by Christ Himself and called not to be just names on a list of some kind, but called to joyful and confident lives of service and witness as His disciples and representatives in our, our families, in our communities, our schools and our workplaces, in our nation, in our world. Jesus did not just save us from the bad and the evil of life and the world. He saved us for. For great things and good works to be done in love and in His name, done for the church and for our neighbors. You have something important to do, and that's your good news too. So with all of this in mind, all that Paul managed to cram into that one sentence at the beginning of his letter, Allow me to make a suggestion for this coming week, no matter who you are or where you think you are spiritually. Approach Christmas and the news that you hear 
from Mark and Luke and John, Matthew. Approach it from the shepherds or the, the, the message that you hear from the shepherds and the angels as though you are hearing it all for the first time. Don't let it be old or tired, but hear it as new news and appreciate it as something that makes a new difference in your life. Because in a way, you are going to be hearing it all for the first time. Because you most certainly have sinned, doubted, felt lonely or lost or unloved since the first time you heard the news that the angels sang and since the last time you heard about that baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger who is Christ the Lord, the Savior born to you. Since the last time that you heard the news of Jesus who will save His people from their sins, who is God with us, Emmanuel. Hear that message. Love that news. Trust it. Get excited about it. Because it is not just peace to the world and good news of great joy for all the people. This this is your good news. Amen. Please rise. Now may the God of hope fill you with complete joy and peace as you continue to believe so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.